previously on Belgravia, the next chapter, things seem to be getting better between Frederick and Clara Trenchard as we address Frederick's sort of troubled, traumatic past. And their personal lives is doing really well uh, side by side with Frederick's idea of opening uh, an iron foundry. Now, he wants the Marquise to help him fund it. He wants to get it out going soon. And a lot depends on it. His his money and his future. So let's see how all that comes together this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one bitch. But she's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. Cherry pants, cold crush rocks. And we are back. Belgravia, the next chapter... Chapter three. What's going on, Corey? Well, it's it's the next chapter, episode three. Part, well, yeah, chapter part three. Let's or, not. well, we just, we were just talking how we had a listener ask, what is part two of Belgravia? And <laughs> we weren't sure if he was talking about episode two of season one of Belgravia or the new season of Belgravia or the second episode of Belgravia, the next chapter. We don't know. Yeah, part of me, you know, I could be terribly wrong about this, but part of me thinks that was just a bystander who who was curious and found the first people online that were talking about Belgravia on Facebook. The only people talking about Belgravia. Uh, no, this is season two, episode three, or the next chapter, if you will, episode yeah. three. How are you doing, Dave? Good, good. Saw you this weekend, so I feel like uh, <laughs> I we think we're doing okay. pro wrestling this weekend for the, yeah. for the listeners at home. So we'll talk about some of the Royal Rumble at the end of, the end of this. Yeah, but you know, no, nothing new to report in the two days since then. Uh, mm-hmm. How is uh, any, any news on the fronts of our shows? Anything? Not a single thing. <laughs> it is that time of year where uh, you know, just nothing going on, nothing to talk about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, y'all. I wish there was something British. Anglophile TV related to talk about, but there isn't, at least in terms of what we cover or talk about here. So there yeah, you have no, it. the crown is done. I feel like that was a big news source for us. Poldark is uh, done. Mm-hmm. Ben done. Downton, who knows? Gilded Age, we're still in the afterglow. And yep. Belgravia, here we are. So and Bridgerton still a little ways off and coming back too. So. Uh, but there is a Poldark uh, appearance in this episode. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that. I mean, why don't we just get what's cut to the chase here? What what is going on in the next chapter of Belgravia, Dave? This week, it truly is a next chapter. Like I do feel like this. <laughs> We're just going to keep talking another, about another chapters. another part of this uh, tale. It was uh, uh, this is a pretty slow moving week, if you ask me, Dave. Yeah this 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 is borderlines being a bottle episode. Not necessarily in uh, its duration, but in the fact mm-hmm. that a good old chunk of this episode takes place at the Duke and Duchess's like summer home. Yeah. I mean, it's just going back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. This could be seen as a reset for Bill Gravy. If you didn't see season one, you can hop right on and follow along and everything. Part of me thinks if you just jumped right into this show and you were watching three episodes, you, you're wondering, when's it going to kick in? Like, there's a bit of a a confrontation at the end of this episode, but 
it is like molasses. This is if you were hooked on the promise of Julian, who just throws ball after ball, uh, strike after strike after strike, or I don't know how you, whatever baseball analogy there is. He he throws heaters. There's been no mm. heaters on this show <laughs> for a couple weeks now. It feels. And this episode did did some pretty like egregious minor storytelling beats that were like, we've we've seen this before. Blink and you miss them too. Exactly. Yeah. I I mean we can talk about it right now because it Let's is do such it. a a minor point. Is it Fletcher? Mm-hmm. Fletcher, the mm-hmm. man who is who was at the house and Miss Davison came to be the lady maid of uh, Clara, but she knew about Fled- Fletcher's uh, past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they allude to him. I think he may have been beaten or something. He he had a, a difficult uh, previous chapter <laughs> in his life. Mm-hmm. And the last chapter. They said, let's move on. Let's not talk about it. And now we get a sense of what that may have entailed. Yep. He gets out of the carriage and this uh, servant at the Duke and Duchess's home. Mm-hmm sort of greets him in a way that made that immediately starts signaling the alarm that said, we're just doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> this show may not be written by Julian Fellows. You know, he's an exec producer. Uh, but it bears the influence, at least in this regard, got to have the token gay man. <laughs> you just uh-huh. have to insert him and how, how he's got to live his life in secret as they did back then. But it, all, it also was reminiscent of Queen Charlotte, which had a subplot of two male staffers who were gay. Like, yep, gotta have it. <laughs> it can't. It can't be like somebody else. It can't be Doctor Enright or somebody like that. Can't be a main character. Be, has to be a side character. Has to be staff. <laughs> They're not ready for that, Dave. The British people watching the show and, and Americans too, I guess, ostensibly. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's his big dark secret, y'all. So yeah, as far as we basically know, basically we see a shot. Is it Davidson again? Or is no, it Mrs. Enright it, that catches well, him at the end? It's Davison who catches him uh, leaving a room, Fledger, and he's got a little smile on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good night to you, sir. Uh, and that that's that. Davison's kind of, you know, oh, no, not again. Until a day or two later, Enright says, hey, there's this box you left at the Duke and uh, Duchess's. I think it belongs to you. Should have packed up better. We don't know what's in the box. It's his personal belongings. I don't think it's anything... I don't think the box itself is anything questionable. I just think it's probably where he left it. Is the, Do you think he looked in the box? Enright? No, I don't think so. You look at the shape of that box. It could be some uh, ancient toy. It could, uh, yeah, <laughs> it I suppose be. it could. <laughs> From way back when. Um, it's, it's an interesting shape <laughs> for a box to, yeah, to leave behind. Yeah. For no other but reason. Like Why would he have that box with him? The other uh, servant guy's like, uh-oh, you're in trouble. Go stand in the corner. And, it, you know, yep. like, it's clear how there's only tension if you care, if there's tension. Right, because we don't know this guy. <laughs> we don't know anything about yeah, him. I think that's why it was ultra, like, annoying and, and low. Like, mm-hmm. we've done this. One of the most dynamic characters in Downton Abbey is a a gay man who turns into one of the biggest baby faces of the show by the end of it. And the thing about that is it's at least colored by him having a life outside of this, you know, but that's the one thing mm-hmm. they do right with Barbero is like, it, yes, he, he's closeted and struggles with that, but the ramifications of how he t- 
turns that frustration on other people, at least makes for a dynamic character. Mm-hmm. On a lot of these other shows, it's very one-dimensional. They're gay, and it sucks. <laughs> and it's just like, well, thanks for spending... Yeah, it's, it's a little melancholic on Queen Charlotte that they're yeah. like, this is their lot. Mm-hmm. But then we see the old man version of that character, and he's a miserable grump. Right. In this one, it's just like, I, you know, we don't know anything about you that, aside from a mysterious past. Oh, that mysterious past is that you're gay. And less than five minutes dedicated to it between these three episodes. So why are we why are we doing five this? minutes is generous. I feel like it might be three minutes or two minutes. Well, why don't we stop spending more time on this and move on to the? For sh- I will say for shame to the writers of the show. You do better than that. We expect more. Do you think somewhere Julian, you know, with his executive producer hat on, is say throwing a queer man on that show? Just just throw it in there. All right, Julian. According, I guess we got to do this. According to IMDb, Fellows wrote this one. Or, I guess Helen Edmondson and Julian Fellows. Well, no, no, no. Are it's the credited writers. He, it's based on the original series created by Julian Fellows. Sasha so Helen Hales Edmondson wrote this episode. Helen Edmondson wrote this season. Okay. Julian did not. <laughs> but I, I do like the idea. Julian's, that Julian's like, like Just I do have it. a great idea. <laughs> That's when you know it's time. You know. I don't. I don't mean to, to to say that Julian is too old or doesn't have his facilities, but if Julian's like, here's an idea for a character on this show, it's a gay butler. It's like time for you to go get evaluated, Julian. <laughs> okay, come on, come on, give him some. He just wrote all the Gilded Age season two with. Uh, oh no, but it, well, if he lady. didn't write this, he's totally off the hook. So I, you know, obviously, I mean, no disrespect. It's a joke. Yeah. But it is funny though, because he's writing Gilded Age with Sonia, Sonia Warfield. Bring her into the to the Bill Gravia if she's in the Julian camp of writers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways, though, enough enough of Julian's playbook. What what else is going on? And right, that's that's another blink and you miss it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Took you a minute to which re- one, remember. Mister or Mrs. Both. I mean, Mr. Enright is still sending secret letters. He's he's making Maud, the other uh, uh, servant downstairs, discreetly send these letters. And when he's handing her off a letter, uh, Miss Enright walks in and says, what's going on there? And then he makes this whole fib about some cousin of Maud's uh, asking about a job. And Maud is just standing mm-hmm. there like, what are you talking about, old man? Okay, old man, time for you to take a seat. <laughs> Come sit down We're and write. About needing an evaluation, and that comes <laughs> yeah. up multiple. That comes up in this episode. Honestly, it would have been an Enright's favor to be like, "Yes, I am old, and I can't remember what's going on here." Um, yeah, he lies about it. We don't know who he's writing these letters to. We don't know about what. We do catch him eavesdropping on. Uh, is it because Davison admonishes Fledger right at one point, or who's he? Or no, 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 he doesn't imagine. They're they're gossiping about um, mm-hmm. Clara and uh, the Reverend, Fre- the new Reverend. Yeah, they're gossiping. So he's eavesdropping. So maybe that's the note he's passing along to whoever he's writing to. Um, but that's the same beat we saw last week, where we see these discreetly sending letters. Obviously, they're teeing it up for something more. But that's all we get this week. Blink and you miss it. Yeah, and, and we get Enright dropping a spoon, <laughs> and Clara's like. Frederick is like he's I love he's basically a father figure and he's old he might not be great but he always has a home here it's like he's a made man in this house we'll see what happens with these letters because he does make another major mistake at the end of this episode and it's like well and right oh that was tough I mean we'll get there when we get there but that was interesting (laughs) looking rough for you brother um let's keep moving from the outside in why Mm -hmm. don't we talk about the Duke and Duchess of it all huh Sure. Speaking of Queen Charlotte, we have a 
our, our, our man, what's the, the Duke and the Dutch, it's the Duke's birthday. Of Rochester. Which is, yes. And he's having a party at his house. He wants it's everyone birthday to come party. to his house. And a lot of business goes down at his house. The Marquise mm-hmm. is there, as well as Lord Netherby and the whole gang. Mm-hmm. Lord Netherby? You mean Ellerby, the doctor? No, Lord Netherby. Netherberry. Oh, Netherberry. That like gotcha. other old dude who's in the background all the time. Yep. Um, but this kid, this boy, is still an issue. Boy ain't right. <laughs> the, the son of the and, Duke and Duchess ain't right. And the Duchess is, is really, you know, there's this facility that Dr. Ellerby is... Is in, is wants them to see when they're at their this home, mm-hmm. away from home. So like a like a I mean, crazy also, home. Also, like, like take care. We of shouldn't. Do we want to get ahead of? Because Ellerby has his own subplot. Do we just want to candle all the Duke and Duchess right now and then go yeah, back to Ellerby? Do the Duke and Duchess and we'll run it back with him. Yeah. So it's basically more what happened last time. The Duke is like not man enough to talk about his boy and how afraid and disappointed he is until the very end of the episode where he becomes vulnerable with Frederick, which I think is a very mm-hmm. nice moment. Yeah. But it's almost too little too late because right. they go to this uh, facility where they're doing hydrotherapy and walks around the grounds and, and and the Duchess is like, you just made a fool out of me because you just stood there and didn't say anything. Like, you right. don't he, care about this. He doesn't feign any interest in any of the things that they're showing in terms of treatment. And this is where we see uh, Captain Henshaw from Poldark. And oh, he big is, pop. Yeah. So, so happy to see him. John Hollingsworth. He played Dr. Carey in this episode. Mm-hmm. I was looking at his IMDb. This guy is a who's who of British like uh, media from the past five, six years. He went on a run after oh, yeah. uh, leaving Poldark. I was man. shocked because I was like, that's Captain Henshaw. But I didn't want to get his name wrong, so I looked him up on IMDb. He's like, wait a minute. He's in like every single thing. He's John Hollingsworth. He was porchy, right? He was he was Porchy, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and uh, was it the crown Porchy? Yeah. Yeah, he was Porchy. Uh, um, and then, he, yeah, he was also in The Queen's Gambit. He was in 1917, the movie. Napoleon, the movie. Uh, Poldark now, Show? Yeah. He, the guy is collecting paychecks. Uh, Transformers, The Last Night. <laughs> Go Henshaw. Um so, yeah, he's here in a kind of thankless role as the doctor who runs this facility that would take in Peter, run this hydrotherapy. And so, yeah, Percival uh, Rochester is just like, I'm not about this life. My son's fine. We'll be okay. Uh, well, he, I think I see where he's coming from because he says, like, we're one step away from him being in a white, um, you know, a straitjacket. Like, this is right. an admission that there's something wrong. Uh huh. And he's, you know, madness will kill his bloodline, basically. And taking the long view, they're talking about hydrotherapy. Realistically, is that going to do the job? I mean, it's better than nothing back then. But well, we, we know like, we also don't know the severity of what what this the boy is is afflicted with. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're essentially saying what they would say today. Oh, you just need a spa day. You just need to relax. <laughs> hit, hit, hit the hit the pool. And I like you, that they they go they open they're taking the tour and they open up the door and there's a bunch of like dudes in their thirties taking towels off laying down and they're like just so you know the child will not be around all of these hairy old weirdos <laughs> these men yeah and you can see in the background they're towel whipping each other like 
Woo-hoo. All they needed is just time with the boys. <laughs> just some time the with the boys. Day. Yeah. That's how it, fraternities it, were started. They needed it, to cure young men's anxiety. With some towel whipping. Um, and it's funny. Like, you wonder, like, hydrotherapy and just, like, getting out there, getting in some sun and, you know, moving around. It's pretty much just, like, a, a low-demand version of, like, exercise and, mm-hmm. and just getting some oh, yeah. sunlight. It's like the most basic things that just turn your mood around uh, that we know now today, but obviously Peter's lacking, but no guarantee this would be the things that turn him around. Um, anyways, Preserval should at least be open to it because whatever they're doing currently isn't working. And so they have this birthday uh, with a cake and stuff, and he's just beside himself. It doesn't matter that it's his birthday and everyone's celebrating. He's at the end of the party drinking to himself where Frederick walks in. Mm-hmm. He's also, we should. it should be noted that he's... He, is very doting upon his other kids. Like he is a mm-hmm. very active. There's the scene where his two kids are playing at the piano and he comes over and he, he, they're like, you can't play you can't play. And he starts playing and he's just basically smashing the keys and making noise. And oh, yeah. everyone gets a laugh out of it. Like he's not a bad father to his, no. to all of them. He just doesn't know how to be a good father to Peter. Yeah. He's trying to treat them the same, but they're not the same. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, he's lamenting. So to he Fred. does. Yeah, he talks to Fred, and he basically just opens up in a way that I think really humanizes him, because he's really presented as this like grump who's ne- yeah. negligent and you know avoidant of these issues with his son. But he's he basically says like centuries way are on the line with my son. Mm-hmm. If we don't have an heir, we're screwed. But the irony of all this is that. Of all the people to talk to about this stuff, Frederick is not the guy to confide this stuff into. <laughs> the, the man who was the redheaded stepchild to his father, who had to live with the pressure of like carrying on the line, and even though he was hated by his father, it's like, Frederick is well, just listening. You see it in Frederick's eyes. He's like, whoa. God, another guy who sucks at being a father. <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, Maybe I shouldn't hang out with these 70-year-old men. Maybe I should like hang out with people my own age. Yeah, this guy is not it. He's not my friend. He would have beat me if I was his son uh, or something. He would have uh, been dismissive. Who knows? Um, Yeah, so Frederick's not down with the Rochesters, but Ball is still in the Rochesters' court to figure out what to do with Peter. Yeah, and the Duchess at one point says to the Dukes, like, maybe you should go see him. I don't know if he even remembers what you look like. And it's like, whoa, Eh, eh, eh." like we dropping a bomb on him. Maybe you're the problem, Duke. <laughs> uh, yeah, Although, I don't think he is the problem. <laughs> no. There's something no. internal. But the Duke, I think this was a good moment for the Duke. Yeah. Clearly, the Duke and the Duchess need, we need, we need the episode of them, like, with the son, humanizing the son, and them sort of just, like, being happy and accepting because like he's so good with the other kids, it makes me sad to see him be so afraid of it, Peter. There's got to be some kind of like breaking point that just wakes him up eventually. There's going to be some moment where it's like, wait a second. We oh, know yeah, it's for sure. Happen, but not this week. There's not enough characters for him to be evil. No. Uh, but that's pretty much what's going on with them. Hmm. Do you want to talk about Ellerby? Yeah. Yeah. So, this episode he opens, opens the episode. Yeah, and I didn't. I wasn't sure how to read this. So, like, Neither, this 
Yeah, because I I was thinking about what what you you th- you thought. I don't know where you stand after this episode, but you mm-hmm. thought he was uh, conniving and evil. He's got a look to him that doesn't scream friendly. Oh, he's definitely he would be cast in a horror movie as like a bad like a serial killer. Yeah, he has that about him. Mm-hmm. But this episode starts with him and a woman coming in from being at like a riot. Yeah, a rally where some people were injured, and I guess he was tending to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a weird thing where it's like I guess he's living with these two people, so he's not the most well-off man. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it makes it seem like he is actually interested in medicine, but the, the it's a strange thing where it, the scene only serve, seems to exist to acknowledge. Oh yeah, that woman Clara. She's not interested in me, but it, it shows that he had talked about her to other people. He had thought about her. Uh-huh. And so and, and it, it's like, well, the only person who paid my full bill was Trenchard. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the one with the hot wife? And he's like, yep. Yeah. She says she doesn't want to see me anymore. Or does she? <laughs> yeah. It starts to augment my my view of their first interaction where I thought, like, the way he, he touched her and everything, like, she didn't feel comfortable with that. Maybe that's it. But I think it's more, and then what we see in this episode, I think th- th- he thinks she was abused. And she uh-huh. thinks that oh, he yeah, thinks sure. that she was abused. And so that's why there was discomfort. And that's why I think he's kind of interested in her a little bit, that he could be her savior. You know, like yeah. he can be the one to help her. Yes, I agree. But why does he look so evil while doing this? <laughs> why does he look so crooked? I don't Yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're drawing the line between the show and Queen Charlotte again, that show had a crazy doctor that was oh, yeah. doing obscene methods of medicine. No mistake to, about him. The king. Yeah. So I don't think he's that evil. No. And we see a lot of interactions with him and Clara this week Mm -hmm. because the Duchess, he's at the house for the the party because he's in town to help them see the, you know, the the, the facility. Yeah. And so he's he's there and and he keeps bumping into Clara. Who's kind of trying to and, avoid him, but can't do anything to avoid him. Mm-hmm. But then we see that Clara is starting to soften up in regards to Frederick's trauma. Yeah. So it gets very jumbled and confusing, kind of. Well, yeah. She, I mean, she's like, well, here's a doctor who seems to want to talk to me. He does seem to care about Peter, I guess. What does he know about childhood trauma that can potentially help my husband? And and so mm-hmm. I can see in some ways Ellerby is reading into this as like, oh, she wants to talk to me. And maybe the way she's talking about this may be related to that guy. Maybe not to read too deeply, but maybe mm-hmm. it's related to her husband. But like maybe there's a way in here with this beautiful woman that like I can help her and get away from this bad man who's maybe traumatized. Who knows? Just I can be what she needs. And bro, you do not have the pockets to be what she needs. I can just tell you. I, that. I, I also I, I wasn't really feeling he gives off creep, but I, I don't think he's giving off like perv, like he's trying to get with her. No, no, I, I don't think he's pervert, per, perverted, but it just kind of reminds me of like, you know, those guys. <laughs> I just cursed, but myself included, who are just like, hey, how's it going? And they just go like, get out of here, weirdo. <laughs> and it's like, no, mm-hmm. I was trying to be nice. And it's just like, you know, if you just don't have the, the nice look, they say, get out of here. They may say. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and he's just, you know, like, you give him an inch, he might take a mile. Exactly. So, get him out of there. Uh, but he is, I mean, I think he's very appreciative of Clara for opening up to him. And I think yeah. Clara really did need that moment mm-hmm. to, because there's a moment where they're at, at on the porch when it's raining. And he's like, I can go. I can go. Like, he definitely is playing it safe. Yeah. And she's like, no, let's stay. And they start talking. And then we see them later with um, Davidson. He's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then right, because like, the whole time talk, Davidson talk. is just like, this guy is clearly trying to get in your good graces. I don't like the, the cut of his jib. Mm-hmm. You should mace him next I don't time. Like, I don't like the cut of his blazer, too. That thing is wrapped around his torso. Also, he wears it everywhere he goes. It kind of like maybe communicates that he maybe doesn't have that much money or that's just his doctor getup, but I don't know. Uh, get a new blaze, get a new one, man. <laughs> it's a little mm-hmm. too uh, tight. He does invite her to an art show we see at the end of the episode. And yeah, Davis- no, that, that was a, a, like a siren going off. Like, what? We- She's a married woman, sir. You need to give her, you can't do that. Um, unless you're inviting Frederick too. And that's mm-hmm. where David, Davison is like, I don't know about this one, Clara. You should back off. Claire's getting, like, no, I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to Fred about it and see what yeah. happens. A lot of Davis in this episode just kind of rolling her eyes at everyone around her. Don't know what her character is or who she is. She's just really kind of just annoyed by everyone. <laughs> yeah, she's she's just there. Yeah. Well, so all I mean, we I guess there's only a few more plot points to really talk about. We could talk about Emily and Mrs. Dunn. And Nell, and the Reverend. Oh, well, why don't we save the Reverend for last? Let's talk about the Marquise. Okay. Because the Marquise is circling this investment opportunity with Frederick. Mm-hmm. And Frederick has already done the work. He's gotten the Abercrombie and Fitch uh, foundry. He's got the converters in, in, in the paperwork for it. He's, he's got uh, the sign-off and workers to come in. He's got Ross Poldark coming in there to help out. Well, his boy Ross. Dave, the, his oh, right. Ro- Ross. <laughs> yeah, that is his, his bookie, his uh, paper man. Um, so he's all square. And so he can't get a hold of Marquise. She's still dodging him, but he knows this event at the Duke and Duchess's house would be his opportunity to get in with her. Mm-hmm. And so they're there. The Marquise is there. And he's trying to angle to talk to her. But the Marquise is like, I want to talk to your wife. I want to know what she's up to. And she sneaks into Clara's room. Yeah. And they're just like talking about the bed. Like, oh, that's where the magic's going to happen later? Yeah, isn't it so nice? Oh, yeah. Get those sheets dirty. Uh, and she's just pretty much telling uh, Clara that, you know, her husband was actually bad with spending. And, you know, it was no, only when he... Her father fa- was bad with spending, right? Oh, her father. I thought, I thought it was her husband, but... Either I think way, she, said she, she grew up poor and then married mm-hmm. rich, and then he right. started to lose his facilities, and she took over. Right, and he was not good with money, and she had to learn the ways to kind of manage it. And then she realized, oh, it's not that complicated. It's all just negotiation. Mm-hmm. And so her way of making decisions is to you know talk to people who know the person making the investment. So who better than the wife? And so Clara confirms from Mar- the Marquise. This is a sound investment. My husband's so excited about it. You trust me. This is you want to be in on this. And Marquise is down. She cuts the check of twelve hundred pounds, and they're they're in business. The races. Yeah, we see some of the factory. It's huge. It looks nice. Uh, they're making that that uh, that steel. 
and she, Frederick's like, we should go into business some more. And she says, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, Hold which on. is, she says, she also gasses him up where she's like, this is, I wish all my investments were this smooth and easy to do. And he's like, oh, really? I'm a businessman. Yeah. I just I keep wondering, more. is the Marquise trying to sleep with Clara and Frederick at the same time? Is she interested in both of them? Or is she just, that's just how she conducts business, flirting? I I don't think, I mean, if she's interested in Frederick, he's not giving anything back because he's so stiff. He is stiff as a board. And you do wonder too, like, based on his shifting relationship with Clara, how sound is her investment in him if his <clears throat> trust in Clara doesn't remain sound throughout this whole uh-huh. season? That, that's we'll see. Uh, well, her money's already in. She's not going to pull out. It's good. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. He doesn't have his name on the foundry because that was part of the stipulation <laughs> when they got yeah. it. Um, it'd be funny if his last name was like, or part of his name was Fitch, and they just add that on to the end. Just add they should, why not? Fitch. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Who's going to care? Uh, but yeah, that leaves the reverend uh, of everything. Yeah, so he's got Emily mm-hmm. in charge of the bazaar. Remind me, Dave, on the bazaar. We don't get much of it. We just see Emily comes home and she tells her mom and Nell. Mm. Well, not Nell. Nell's not in the room. No. Nope. That she's been spending a lot of time with the Reverend and she is now in charge of the church bazaar. That's what it is. The church. And she is bazaar. not excited about it. It's kind. Of, it's kind of humdrum, boring stuff. Uh, and, but Nell, and the long the long and short of her episode is that she keeps on trying to put herself in front of this reverend yeah and he's like shooing her away right because she's just like how's it going there reverend oh everything's great god's good weather's beautiful <laughs> how's it hanging and, and so so the both of the duns but mm-hmm. mrs dunn and emily have the reverend over and he like sits right next to Emily, and then at one point he shifts seats to be closer to the old lady, the old widow. Yep. And she even asked him, "Hey, are you are you married? <coughs> Excuse me, are you married? Yeah. Like, aren't you supposed to be married? Don't you need a sucker? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I got the church takes up too much of my time, so I'm not married. Busy man. But then she she's not. Mom is not a good wing woman. Mm-mm. And I think Emily is not a great. Uh, Emily doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't trust her mom to tell her mom right. that she has a crush on this guy. She doesn't trust her sister. Mm-hmm. She's been passed over too many times, it seems like. Yeah. But it, it doesn't seem like Clara had a line of suitors. The way that we don't know. Frederick just kind of swept her off her feet pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, it seems like, was it, uh, Clara was the older one, right? So she was always naturally in line to be paired off with someone. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, even when he visits the house, you know, to check out on Nell, who's excelling at her job and doing great. Uh, yeah, he's only interested in talking to her. And she she just is, is like, really? The dirty one who smells? All right. <laughs> I guess I got to smell hey, just you to make know. you listen, pay attention to me. Um, but Clara, her interest in, in the Reverend, as we saw last episode, was sparked. Because she was like, why doesn't Frederick talk to you? Like, how can we connect the dots here? Mm-hmm. This is a very Demelza Poldark subplot right here. Mm-hmm. Going off without the husband to do her own thing. Yeah, to go make decisions on behalf of the husband. Yeah. 
And this this all leads into what she was talking to Dr. Ellerby about, about a, a, a traumatized past where El, Ellerby has, the, you know, we talked about it already, but the mm-hmm. conversation they have walking in the woods where Ellerby says, you know, if we can confront our, our, our issues, we can grow beyond them. And I'm, I, I'm, I love the world. I love humans. I love everybody. I love everything. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see people thrive. And she's like, well, maybe if I can get him to open up to his brother so yeah off to the rectory she goes and that's where they meet for the first time and she kind of gives him a look of like oh man i married the wrong one (laughs) this guy he's handsome uh yeah this guy's this guy looks time appropriate yeah she she collects herself though and she was like so you're the brother of my husband He's like, I, I, yeah, I guess I am. And, and so the, they, they have a meeting. You know, they, she comes back. They, she meets at the rectory to talk with him. And she's saying, what happened? And, you know, he, he's kind of saying just things just didn't work out. We got pushed away from each other. Uh, I would love to meet my brother again. I'd love to see him, but it ain't going to happen because he hates me. I don't know. Uh-huh. He blames me. Basically, all the stuff that we inferred from last week, he the childhood seemed okay, and then everything went south with the dad, and and mm-hmm. Fred blamed James. And and James correctly believes that it has to be Frederick who approaches him because Frederick is the one who's dishing all the hate his direction. He can't do anything; he's tried already. Uh-huh. But Cl- uh, Claire is kind of encouraging him, like, "No, you know, he may be different now." And it's like, uh, yeah, we've had a good couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we had some of his his days. daddy issues taken care of and so Mm -hmm. so that inspires james to make a house call yeah because well we know that we know that clara wants to interact more Mm -hmm. but i think she wants a letter and instead james comes over cold calls yeah and this was i think this was an exciting bit of tv right here oh yeah because Because you see enright is like oh no no, Clara is like, wait a second, he's here already? I didn't plan for it to, to be today. And we know Frederick is having a good day for once because the Marquise told him, we're doing good here. We, we got mm-hmm. business going. So he's like, wants to deliver the good news at home. Uh, and he doesn't know that his brother's there at all. Yeah. And, well, and then he, well, he gets in amidst this whole thing where Clara's walking to the room and they go, oh. I'm home. Where's the lady? Where's my lady? Mm-hmm. Where's she be? Where's she at? Enright right, says, uh, "Well, there's some. There's a. There's someone here, man. <laughs> it ain't Bro, good. I don't want nothing to do. I'm old. I dropped that spoon the other day. I don't know my left from right. Humana, humana, humana. Please don't be mad at me. Please don't be mad at me. Oh no, and then James. Goes and he goes, "Oh no." <laughs> and we get a beat with Enright where he's saying, "I didn't know." <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be. It's not my fault. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> that's, that's him. He goes in and and they they see each other and he goes, "What are you doing in my house?" Yeah. Last time we talked, we agreed not to do this to to cease contact. And the reverend's like, "Well, things change, bro." Yeah. And then Clara's like, "It was me. It was me all along. <laughs> all along." And Frederick feels. You can see there's like some betrayal in his eyes in the moment. <laughs> And so this could unravel everything that we've come to put together over the past couple episodes for them. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, they kind of leave us hanging. What's that conversation going to look like between James and uh, Frederick? But I can't imagine it's going to be productive or lead anywhere. <laughs> well, he said, gonna... leave my house. I'm pretty sure there's no conversation. I'm pretty sure he walks That's out. That's he screams, true. leave my house. Yeah, it'll go. Yeah, it'll go some somewhere, nowhere. We'll be circling the wagon again next week. I'm getting these two to yeah. get along with each other. I'm sure because mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a few more episodes to go, and it's not very and clear. Now, yeah, now. Well, I, I guess it, do we do we does he wind up with Emily? Uh, James. Yeah, I think it may end up being a wife swap situation, where where maybe no Emily ends, ends up with Frederick and Clara ends up with James. Who knows? Or Nell winds up with with Frederick. I could see, or with Emily's James. alone. Emily's yeah, with Doctor Ellerby. They did. They deliberately say again, we don't know Nell's origins or what her deal is because she's still not talking. Hmm. So I don't know. But then again, Clara and Frederick did shag again this episode. They have the whole post-coital talk of like, what would our daughter be named? Isabel. What about Frederick if it's a boy or James? Yeah, that's my granddad's name. I don't know about that anymore. I'm not continuing my legacy. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> and, is a new chapter, Belgrade. Yeah, exactly. But that and, last, I will say, you know, if we're wrapping up the episode, mm-hmm. just talking about good or bad, the last five or ten minutes was good. I thought. I mean, it's like taking an oven that's on like simmer, and, like low heat, and then just cranking it up to medium heat. <laughs> It, mm-hmm. it isn't like it did. They didn't have to do much, and, and that—that's exactly what they did. They were like just enough to like be t- saying, "Come back next week to find out what happens between these two. Yeah, huh? um, <laughs> okay. gravy on MGM Plus. I, 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 for a show that's being doled out piecemeal week by week, it definitely seems like one that may have benefited from a more uh, bingeable <laughs> approach. Because I don't if we disagree. <laughs> if we weren't covering the show, I'd be forgetting about so much. I'd be forgetting to keep up. <laughs> I think, but it's okay though. It's it's watchable. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I I do think if we had a better actor, not even a better actor, because I do think that um, Benjamin Wainwright, who plays Frederick, mm-hmm. he's fine. The look is just off. The hair and the yeah. beard are really throwing me off. He looks dead behind the eyes sometimes, and then that's maybe the character, but it just doesn't match the well put mm-hmm. together. I, I don't know. Maybe that's the deliberate. But I feel like the show is over two and having like a, compa- a compelling male lead at its center. You know, <laughs> yeah, like between Charles Pope last last time mm-hmm. around and him now. Yeah, it's just looking for some charisma here that's just not giving, and that's the character. But even then, we've seen depressed characters given more <laughs> in other uh, programs. Yeah, here. we talk about Tom Barrow. That's a, a character who's even Oscar Van Ryan. a lot. Or, uh, you know, I don't know. George Russell, I feel like, gives King more. King George. He, he, King George he, and Queen Charlotte is a very conflicted man. Yeah. There you go. But we'll see. We'll keep going. We'll get there. But No, yeah, no. sorry, folks. We're done with Belgrave. Yeah. yeah. We may be a, a day late on coverage next week because I'll be traveling, but... We'll be talking I don't, about I think it. the Belgravia loyalists can wait 24 hours. I hope so. We do have power rankings, though. Yep, we do. Well, I'll kick it off. Uh, number three, going down. I got Fledger. He's uh-huh. uh, caught kissing boys. And it could be his downfall again at another house. If it was more... Cons- I, I considered it. I said this is... A, this. 
This is what this is. I don't want this to be vilified. And there's two. Okay. There's not a meat on the bone for me to put him on the power rankings. But That's fair. I understand That's fair. it. Okay. I, I got at number three, Emily. Okay. Because this girl is throwing herself in what in her own estimation at this reverend's feet. Mm-hmm. She's taken on a giant volunteering task for an event that they say has been terrible the past several years because it's all old ladies running it. We see she's sewing and having a really tough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every time the reverend comes around, she's getting pushed around to the point where it seems like he's not interested in her. Yeah. So we're getting too much screen time with her for this not to have some explosion. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, I just kind of forgot about her. <laughs> and these yeah, that's, uh, that's almost to the, the character in a nutshell. Is she's she's sadly forgettable. Yeah. Well, number two going down, I got the Duke of Rochester. Okay. He's just not there for his son. He's not even giving the time of day to his wife. He's got a lot to learn. And mm-hmm. even then at the party with the piano, it's just like, man, you're annoying. I, I don't know. This isn't not funny, <laughs> man. Not my kind uh, of humor. Yeah, not not at all. So, uh, I, this guy's got to wake up a little bit. Yeah, a lot of screen time for this guy, too. Mm-hmm. My number two, I got the Reverend. Okay. I think the dude is... He, he's clearly the one crossing the line here. Mm-hmm. If there was an agreement to not make contact, you don't come over. No, you listen. You listen. You wait for your cue, and this dude, Frederick, doesn't go beyond the middle of his energy level. He screams. Mm -hmm. He's screaming. And it seems as though, from the conversation between Clara and James, he's he's equally affected, but he he does a better job putting on a a world of positivity and, and, you know, faith. He's also a handsome Where, man, so that works yeah, in his favor. Oh yeah. he's, he's got that working in his favor. But yeah, I think it's kind of a rough look for him at the end of the episode. He gets talked down to. Yeah. Don't come back here. Rough week. Well, number one going down, I got Clara. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's her actions of engaging with James that puts her in the situation of Frederick feeling betrayed by her at the end, or uh-huh. frustrated at least with her. Um she she really just could have put she put herself back in the doghouse all of a sudden mm-hmm. like this is not good for her at all and she made strides with talking to Marquise and then like you know she's talking to Ellerby Ellerby getting close to her too is another unwise move on, I think on her part too like get this man away he looks off come on Clara okay well I got a tie for number one I got the Duke and the Duchess because okay these two you know they like we i think that if we didn't get this moment with frederick and the duke after his birthday party mm-hmm. then i think i would be like all on team duchess but i think th- i think this is a show and and dr ellerby is a is waving this flag as this progressive doctor yeah this is like y'all need therapy the 1700s version of the show or <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah for real if 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 we weren't given this opportunity to see the duke as a human, at the end of this episode, I would be like, he's miserable, I can't stand him. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, he is miserable, but it's not his fault. He has a lot of pressure, and he really needs to learn to manage it. And the Duchess yeah. is trying to like leapfrog him and take all the responsibility without having a nice conversation about dealing that out. So, mm-hmm. 
Two the of them, would, they need therapy. <laughs> yeah, the man would rather do nothing than go to ther- therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Dave, who is going up? Controversial. I got Dr. Ellerby going up. This dude... Okay. He... Last we see him with Clara, he, she's like, I'm done. Like, don't don't you talk to me again, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this week, we have full-fledged conversations between the two. And he influences her so much that she goes and sets this whole thing up with the Reverend. Mm-hmm. And he's got the Duke and the Duchess at this this uh, hydrotherapy facility. Like, he's... yeah. He's doing it, and he's getting paid. So I think it's a good mm-hmm. week for him. He's definitely out of the, the proverbial doghouse that he could be in. That's fair. Well, number three going up, I got Frederick for a change. Mm-hmm. The guy, I got number two. He sealed the deal with Marquise. He's going to have that, that foundry of his producing steel. And uh, he gets it done with his wife in the bed once this episode, which is not an easy yeah, task sure. for him. <laughs> uh, you know, he gets to see his brother again, which isn't great, but. You know, he's there for the Duke to, to be an ear to fall on. I mean, he's showing up this episode, Frederick. Yeah, and I think he has no... Do- I mean, he clearly has no awareness of what's going on with his brother coming over. And that is like the last sequence of an episode that is an otherwise a knockout episode from him. He gets yeah. a lot done. And he seems happy, too. So, until yeah, that last moment, it's looking good. Twinkle in his eye. Well, number two, I got the Marquise. She's still one pulling the purse strings. And it's really okay. not even Frederick who gets the job done. It's Clara and talking to her. And But it really made me appreciate her savvy and not trusting Frederick immediately. And honestly, based on what we've learned about Frederick, you shouldn't trust him. He's not a very mm-hmm. trustworthy guy. So it really kind of showed like, oh, she knows what she's doing exactly. She's playing it smart. And she's the one who really runs the show at the end of the day. She's got the money. Yeah. Well, Fred- Frederick was my number two. Mm-hmm. And the Mar- Marquise is my number one. Okay. She's the queen of the, you know, like she, all she does is win. All she, she doesn't misstep. Yeah. Well, so it's tough, t- tough to deny her. That is true. Well, I got Ellerby at number one. This I think is fair. It's a good episode for him. The guy was dead to rights last episode with Clara. And now he's inviting her to art shows that she considers going to attend with him. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. He's in the Duke and Duchess's orbit, even though the Duke doesn't want anything to do with him. So it kind of shows that, like, okay, he's got something to his serpent tongue here in terms of uh, getting him to, to hang around. So, Ellerby, he's got something going on. Good. I don't like him, but he's got something going for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I had him on the uprankings as well. Mm-hmm. Ellerby good, Ellerby bad. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's this week on Belgravia we'll come back next week but Dave we watched uh, Royal Rumble over the weekend we did now I mean I, I think anyone in our in our orbit outside of the period drama has has thoroughly discussed the the the, the disgusting acts and the, the illegal mm-hmm. acts of Vince McMahon oh terrible so terrible we, we we would you know to our listeners that are probably like oh boy they're going to talk about wrestling are they going to uh, dodge the bullet no he's a, he's a monster a terrible human being he's and trash <laughs> he he should burn in hell so there you have it uh, but but thankfully for us he is no longer affiliated with the company and we could enjoy mm-hmm. the product and it was a good one I think it was solid it wasn't one of the more standout ones it it was very just 
exactly what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the women's one, we called it from the beginning. Bailey. Uh, mm-hmm. She did the job. And they had some good surprises. You know, from the, was it the champion from the TNA company showed up in the women's rumble. We got the return of Naomi. It was fun to see that stuff. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, I'm glad that the women showed out the way they did because our truth showed up you know, and was confused why it was all women there. Yeah, yeah. And, and the men's was fun too. You know, the men again. Uh, for anyone that's like, oh, pro wrestling is stupid. It's like this is this big event every year where there's 30 people, 30 men and 30 women, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they use it as like a variety show where there's some goofy people from the past that come back and. Some 65-year-old who still has a six-pack who might get thrown over. But this year, it was all contemporary performers. Mm-hmm. I think it was a statement piece about the the roster that they have right now. So I, I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah, we had R-Truth again, thinking it was a tag mm-hmm. team match. It was not. <laughs> uh, but the finish was where it was at between Punk and Cody Rhodes because CM Punk, who had just returned recently, Cody Rhodes, who won the Rumble last year and was trying to win it again, Truly, it could have gone either way, and it wouldn't have been a wrong call. Um, thankfully, it went the way it should have, which was Cody Rhodes gets another crack at beating Roman at Mania. CM Punk, yep. we now learned, tore his tricep and will miss Mania, so they made absolutely the right call <laughs> in letting and having Cody win. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a fun night. Yeah. And, Yeah. It's going to be in Philly. We'll see if we go to any of the events that are going on. NXT as well. Yeah, if any of our listeners are also wrestling fans, let, let us know. know because maybe we'll maybe we'll grab a a Guinness with you or some British yeah. beer in the Philadelphia <laughs> area. Exactly. Climb up a street lamp as they do in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Uh, We'll catch you next week. You know where to find us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, uh, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star rating or review if you so choose on any podcast uh, solution that you use to listen to our podcast. You can find our whole catalog on our Podbean website as well. And we have a Patreon, too, with our Lords of Grantham Lounge and some bonus content. And you can find more there. So catch you next time on the pod. Yeah.